0: This episode is brought to you by the American Homebrewers Association, a network of more than 40,000 people dedicated to the appreciation of beer, cider, and mead. Join the AHA for just $3.99 a month at homebrewersassociation.org.
1: We'd like to thank Simi Valley Homebrew Shop for sponsoring our podcast. This shop undoubtedly has the freshest ingredients available for home brewers, cider, wine, and cheese makers. Pick from dozens of yeast, hops, and grains to make your perfect recipe. Also available is all the equipment you need from brew kettles, fermenters, Brewzilla systems, and more. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Simi Homebrew and visit the store in person located at the Seamy Town Center Mall, conveniently located right off the 118 freeway.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Brewed Up, a podcast where two LA-based female homebrewers Chat, laugh, and learn about craft beer, homebrewing, and whatever else comes to mind. Tyler and Lori both have brewed many styles of beer, cider, and meat, and are always up for experimenting. This show is available to listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, HoppedLA.com, and wherever else you like to listen. Now, here's the show. <laughs>
1: Greetings, brewers and other beer enthusiasts. Welcome to Brewed Up. In today's episode, we put one of our sponsors, The Grandfather, to the test.
0: But before we gush about our new Zaddy, The Grandfather, let's have us a home brewery update. Home brewery we just did that naturally that was we didn't even practice that so Tyler what's your update The harmony dude?
1: skills are superb
0: mm-hmm.
1: so my update is uh, what do I have on tap so my keezer is filled with my keezer is really strange right now so here's what I have on tap a hazy IPA mm-hmm. a seltzer ish yeah. thing okay and a, a the cider that i uh, made on the ig live video that we did like a couple weeks ago so yeah my keys is very strange right now this is not the typical shit that i would have on tap but <laughs> i will say the quote-unquote seltzer the way the reason i say that is because my experiment with that was i took water i took a handle of vodka i took watermelon Mm -hmm. flavoring i put them in a keg and i pumped that bitch up to like 30 psi for two days um and now it's carbonated and it tastes really good it's super refreshing i could barely taste the vodka it's supposed to be like four and a half to five percent is there a
0: way to measure the abv on something like that
1: so my coworker is the one who taught me what to, it's basically fortifying water, mm-hmm. right? So you take the ABV of the the water zero, got it, math, and then you take the ABV of yes, mm-hmm. so you take there's calculators. Say no like more. The ABV mm-hmm. of what you're, <laughs> you know, you figure out the the size of the batch and etc. So. According to my math, this should be around four and a half to five. And the watermelon tastes great. It's like very,
0: it's very refreshing. Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. Vodka is like, it's such a good booze. I mean, really can, it really will taste like water with just a little bit of lime or a little bit of watermelon or whatever.
1: It's great. I, yeah, I was scared to use vodka because Mm. like vodka reminds me of college and just being absolutely trashed out of my mind sorry mom sorry dad but like (laughs) so i haven't drank it in a while and i don't really drink it on the regular but i got a handle of svetka which was cheap and it actually tastes pretty okay and Mm -hmm. yeah so that's that the hazy is actually pretty good i think i dry hopped the dry hop is still lingering it tastes a little grassy uh so that, that's a learning point for next time and the cider actually just keg today so we won't i won't know what it tastes like carbonated for a while but i tasted it before i went to the keg and it
0: tastes really good it's at 4.2 percent. so and that's the mangrove jacks cider kit which flavor did you get again
1: uh strawberry pear Dude, yes that and that's good. for the kit yeah, mm. it's like nice and fruity. I didn't add the sweetener, so it's not sweet. It's, you know, it's a little sweet, but it's mostly pretty dry. Nice. Um. So that's what's on top. And then in terms of like equipment stuff, like I don't even want to start. Like, there's so much shit mm. I'm trying to figure out. But <laughs> I will soon. The big, the big update is I, I will soon have a rim system. So that I can keep uh, my mash temp consistent, and I can do step mashes and stuff. So that that will be down the line, maybe in like a week or two. But
0: very cool. Yeah. I love that. Wait, what are you drinking? I well, I just, I just finished it. It was a oh, drinking air. No, it was no. I just finished it was a cider I made with um, Marvin's it's pretty good oh nice. it's very bubbly um the other one i opened was a bottle bomb um but this one i froze oh. on i froze it on accident you know how you're not really supposed to put your homebrew in the freezer you're supposed to like you know cool like the night before if you want to drink it you got to put it in there but we all do that we all put our shit in the freezer. Get it extra cold. And then sometimes we forget about it. And, but it, it held up. It was good. And now I think I'm just going to pour a little glass of wine <laughs> while I speak to you about my home brewery nice. update. Um, beyond the grandfather stuff, which has been um, living at my house on behalf of the Brewed Up podcast, um, which has been very exciting. I. Let's see. Oh, I've been messing with my meads. A couple things. Um, Not 100% convinced that I'm a big fan of meads to begin with. So there's that. I have to taste more commercial mead, I think. Just to see. Just to see. I've tasted people's meads. It's all right. It's just... um, It's not wine. It's not cider. It's not like a spoonful of honey, which I enjoy as well. It's different. So um, I had an 11% mead and a 9% mead. I took some coriander to the 11%. I'm going to add some peaches probably tonight after we record here. And then I took a one gallon 9% mead. It just, it was hot. And when I say hot, that's kind of um, that boozy sensation you get where it's, you taste more alcohol as opposed to what you're drinking. And it was also pretty dry. There was not a lot of sweetness. So I added hamica to that, um, otherwise known as hibiscus. It was a trip. I wish I would have taken a video because that flower tea makes things blood red very quickly. So it was very cool to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was very dark. And then I tried it again and I was like, it had that great um, humica flavor, but still very dry and hot. So I blended it with blueberry juice, which I think is illegal in the mead world. Don't at me or whatever, however they say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I just, I want to come up with something that gonna I can going to get drink. Hate mail for sure. I'm sure, I'm sure. No, like... We, yeah I, we need to do like more of a deep dive into like maybe some commercial meats you gave me a commercial meat and i've been saving it but i think i should just drink it and learn but yeah that's about i mean the
1: thing it. i hear about mead all the time is like it has to sit for 18 years like i told you my coworker has like yeah, he has um, bottles and bottles of mead, carboys and carboys of mead that he just lets sit for months, years. I'm like, Jesus. So I don't know. Maybe it just needs to sit for yes, eighteen years. Yeah, know.
0: I'm trying to remember when I made it. I think I made it in July or August, and um, I'm letting it sit. I'm letting. I'll let it sit. But when you have a small space, it's also difficult to like create collections of things you know especially when you're like you don't you're not sure if that waiting is gonna pay off so whatever they're there there's There's a kid that comes into our shop
1: that has uh he told us he has a spreadsheet for all of his mead and he's got like Mm. 38 fucking meads like (laughs) aging in his house and i'm like he comes and buys all of our fur monsters like every two weeks he'll come in and buy all of our fur monsters I'm like what the hell
0: because he wants to make more mead <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's fucking well, crazy I, you know what I think that's honestly I had that internal struggle like earlier this week because we did brew on the grandfather and brewing in general especially when you're sort of new at it it's like it's exciting you want to do it a lot but Folks, we're not pouring at fests. I'm not handing stuff out as much as I was. And I'm running out of packaging space. I was like, should I get another keg? No. <laughs> Difficult. <laughs> Just so I can brew some mediocre beer, maybe.
1: You were brewed up for, you're you're brewed up. I'm like, totally brewed up. I don't know. It's yeah. almost like
0: I don't have to brew right now.
1: I'm also brewed up. There's a bunch of shit. And it's like fermenting in my in my hallway, basically. And I'm like, I need to do something about this. <laughs>
0: in the hallway?
1: Lining? Kinda. You know where like my patio is. Ooh. Yeah. It's but that will change soon. Cause I'm going to move moving into the master bedroom. So I'll have to roll my barrel in there. Maybe my fermentation <laughs> fridge and, you know, we'll see what that happens. Sounds
0: like a, like a barrel of fun. Roll, oh roll yeah. The barrel. Oh yeah. So
1: wait, what else is going on? The mead um, and
0: yeah, that's about mead. it. Um, yeah, I bottled some stuff. Um, I packaged some stuff, uh, package, something we made with the grandfather. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I also made, um, um, malt cider, which I love. And I kind of forgot one big component of my recipe, which was added apple concentrate. So when I tasted it, unfortunately, not unfortunately, but it's like, it really just tasted like a cream ale. It was supposed to be half cream ale, half apple cider. And it really just tasted straight up like a cream ale. It's pretty good but it's also not a bad thing. Yeah, it's not a bad thing, but it's like All right, now I got 5 gallons of this like basic cream ale. So I had this POG flavoring and I <laughs> I put I threw it in there and I'm kind of regretting it. But such is homebrew. You know what I mean? Such is homebrew. I guess. Got to improvise, you know, constantly. I need I need that kid coming over here and Making a spreadsheet for me and my shit, so I don't forget things like that. But oh well. Yeah. He
1: he basically has a metery in his house, which mm. is I'm like, all right, whatever works for you, bruh. All right, well,
0: is that your home period? That is it. Should we get to the ep? For now, yeah, let's ep it up. So it was exciting to receive like. Such an advanced piece of homebrew equipment in addition to this support from BSG. So, um, this episode is essentially, <clears throat> for lack of a better term, an ad. Did you just drop your seltzer? No. Oh, God. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm already hammered. No, really? Yeah. So this, um, we uh, were approached by a rep from BSG, and they ended up sending us over the Grainfather, which is an all-in-one brewing system. And the Grainfather um, came to my house only because I have I had the power source, and Tyler did not, unfortunately. Um, it took we had to get like a um, an adapter for. The charge port for we have a hybrid car that gets plugged into the house. So we got like an adapter for that to plug the grandfather mm-hmm. into. Um, and yeah, I set it up. It was pretty easy. The book is pretty easy. There's also tons of um, resources online everything from the grandfather connect app, um, many, many YouTube videos. And I also found a grandfather users group on Facebook, which I, I held off asking any major noob questions. Um, you know, it's just like anything. I'm the type of learner that I'm not comfortable with something until I actually do it. So I, I did have a little bit of anxiety going into it. Plus I'm not that great of a beer brewer. I'm not, I don't have a lot of experience. Um, I do understand the BIAB stuff, so it worked. Um, so Tyler came over with her mask and her spoon <laughs> and some beers, and we got to
1: work. My handy dandy spoon <laughs> <laughs> that you like. were are making fun of, but then like all of a sudden you love the spoon. So. I know.
0: Then you asked for it back, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I didn't make fun. It was a, it's a beautiful." You're like, "Wait, no." I was like, actually, that is great. Good. Bang. So yeah, um, I think the whole thing started with obviously a rep, uh, setting it up and then coming up with the recipe. The grandfather, at least the model that we have, has a uh, a module like a controller that connects with an app on a smartphone. So I opened the app and I was able to. Compose the recipe in the app, sort of similar um, to BeerSmith. So I transferred over um, English Dark Mild recipe and tossed it into the app, and then it, you know, it kind of gives you all the info. Now the app is supposed to sync. Um, I think that's that's one of the features is that you can control your brew day from your app. Um, unfortunately my phone Mm -hmm. at the time was kind of busted and not really connecting. So we had to fly analog, but still very digital and very good. What did you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I remember when I got there, like it's not connected to the app and my first thought was like, oh, this is the main thing that people kind of complain about online. Um, but To be quite honest, I felt like without the app, it was totally, it was totally fine. I mean, it's kind of equivalent to me, you know, relying on Beersmith for my brew days. And, um, you know, you don't need Beersmith throughout the entire day or brew day. It's like, just do the brew day. You have a timer on your phone. You know, measure whatever you need to measure. Whatever I think the main thing with the app was like, oh yeah, it'll do alarms when it gets to this temperature. It'll tell you like blah 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 blah. And I don't know. I think without the app, it was fine. I guess next time we'll we'll do the we'll use the app or you'll use the app and then see if it makes any of a difference. But I thought I thought without the app, it was totally chill. So. I don't know. I guess we'll have to compare it next time, you know?
0: I mean, I guess, so the thing about the green fire you have to keep in mind is you do need a, a large power source, um, which is like not very common here, um, in the U S or not super common yet. I hopefully it, it will be, especially as we move towards more green energy. Um, So we had to conduct the brew day from that post. So we we were like in the driveway doing it. It happened to be the coldest day in L.A. What would you say? It was like 40 degrees or something. (laughs) No, it was like 50 degrees. It was chilly and my
1: ass fucking was rushing over. Forgot a coat forgot to put on actual shoes i had like socks and my slides on like i don't know what the hell i was thinking but i was like freezing cold like that was all bad plus i'm coming from the valley where i'm like oh i left the house it was like probably 72 the sun was out I was, like oh yeah i'll be fine i get to south la it's like 10 degrees colder i'm like
0: fuck.
1: and then it's yeah. colder it got and cold. colder yeah it was fine though
0: yeah it was fine you had, so you had back yeah wherever you do it yeah, I had some backup coats for you. I had to put like eight coats on you because it was that it was that cold. <laughs> but it would have been cool if my stupid phone worked because then we could like, you know, go sit by the fire and watch our brew day from around the corner. But that's neither here nor there. Um, that's true. So the, the app, even though it didn't connect, it's still... You know, walked us through everything, and you're able to um, program it directly onto the unit itself. So it was pretty cool. I liked that feature. Um, it would be cool if, I mean, now I feel like a dunce because, I mean, I don't know I have the grandfather recipe app and then also the beersmith app. So it's like dueling recipe apps. I just feel like a hot mess, but that's okay. It's fine that's what i mean are areas, they right? interchangeable i'm assuming they are mm, i mean it's not like you can link it i guess you can um you know the grain no, i mean
1: isn't it where you just either use one or the other
0: Oh yeah, or yeah, definitely. You can use one or the other. I mean, it's okay. the same amount. You can use, you know, put the same grain bill in this in the app and this the same stuff. I guess there's different options. It's not like, I mean, the grandfather is specifically for that unit, so that was that was cool too. I mean, yeah, it, it did all the math, the math just like BeerSmith does. Um, so that was cool. Let's see. Okay. How did you think other
1: things go? So then yeah, so then let's get into, I guess, the the actual brew day, right? So unfortunately the app didn't really work for us, but we were able to still figure out from your recipe that, you know, the the amount of water to use for the strike, um, etc. And so yeah, we had the grain basket in there, the false bottom, et cetera, the screens and and all that was necessary. Mashing in was my main concern because all I hear with the all-in-one systems is like the mash is, you know, where you're going to get where you're going to mess up. Like it's going to be too thick. Your pump is going to get stuck when you try to recirculate, et cetera. Mm. But like we had a easy ass time with that with that step. Like we mashed in. Um, mm-hmm. let it you know kind of settle in there the grain in the water wasn't super thick turned on the pump it never got stuck and let it chill for an hour and it eventually was like yeah I think I I kind of got nervous because I was like is that the pipe part in the middle I was like "Is that supposed to be under the you know liquid or whatever I don't know but it all worked out. And then we had like super duper clear wart at the end of the 60 minute. And like that control thing, getting it to temp and staying at the mash temp was super dope. Like that's what I'm trying to achieve yes. with this
0: rim system. So I thought that was really cool. I mean, these grandfather people thought of everything. It really is like there's multiple layers for separating the grain from the liquid And then there's another little system, like there's things you put to like cover, like this one pipe that goes down the middle, you want to cover it with this thing and then you pull it off and then they have a thing that you press down so that the grain doesn't come up during recirculation. The whole fact that it has a whole recirculation Mm -hmm. system built in is very exciting as well. So it's, you do, um, it is like a mix between BIAB. Using a mash tun and having a cool pump, so it's it's pretty cool that all those sort of technologies are integrated together. I I was su- so for sparging, we needed to uh, heat up water separately, and I think the other re- other reason why the mash went pretty smoothly is I mean we were the, the beer we made is like was under four percent too. It wasn't a, a ton of grain, but it did definitely have the capacity. For more if that was our choice. So we pulled out. Um, yeah. I guess for sparging, if you're plugging in your grandfather, you want to make sure you just have a plan. I mean, I I could uh, probably boil water on the sink, but I had a hot plate and an extension cord and we just pulled it out to be kind of close just to kind of keep the brew day all in the same vicinity that was pretty easy actually yeah is that my grandfather
1: has like a hot water heater which like kind of looks like a coffee urn type of Mm -hmm. thing that you buy separately we didn't get that but that is another choice if you're if you only have access to like electricity and not um You know, like a stove or we obviously, you had a a little electric stove top, which was perfect. Um, But yeah, that is another option. You just buy the hot water heater. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But um, actually, we didn't talk about how, what was the, in terms of like the time to get it up to that strike temp. Do you remember? Did it take
0: a while or was it? No, it only took like 40 minutes to get. The water. Okay. It was um, I think the strike water was like a little over three and a half gallons. I think it maybe took forty mm-hmm. minutes, maybe maybe less time, um, because like I think it was forty minutes, and then we noticed it was to temp. Um, so that was very cool, okay.
1: and that's with the two forty v. So might be a yeah. little bit longer with the other, the one twenty.
0: it's true, but once, you know, I did recently get a new phone. So once this, this puppy pairs properly then you're sitting in the house, you're drinking coffee, you got bacon and eggs, you press the button. <laughs> and then by the time you go out there, it's ready to go. That's what I'm looking forward to.
1: This, this is why I feel like this is a perfect system for you because like, no matter what I do, I'm always like, On edge on brew day, I'm like, I I can't sit down even during the mash. I'm like, okay, I have an hour, but like, I'm like, oh yeah, I can make coffee or food, but I end up finding myself doing a billion different things. I don't know, it's hard for me to like be calm on a brew day and like leave the brewing area. So I feel like this is like the perfect machine for someone who's like, okay, I just kind of want to like. Set it and like go do some shit and then come back. Cause like even when we got to the boil, we'll get to this later. But like the it was boiling and we're like, yeah, we we're over here talking, and <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was chill. It was like very stress free. It was nice. And it, you know, I I was a little stressed in the beginning, and I, it, again, it comes down to my lack of experience. I've only probably before this brewed maybe. 10 12 times at the most so it I was just like it's just was like a whole new thing but it was actually really really easy and I'm I'm glad I did it it eliminates a lot of homebrew equipment um so that part is really cool too it's more com- mm-hmm. it's compact and like everything is is put together so that was really cool too um then we yeah. sparged, then we boiled, so that was great, then we chilled, we drank some beers by the fire. I will say, what one thing about the sparge process was, like, it's
1: so hard to see the level of liquid inside, because you've got the grain yes. basket on top. Mm-hmm. And, like, also a, a screen... Yeah, it's like I can't really see under the grain basket. There's a little tiny space where you can see where it's dripping out, but it's like it's almost impossible to see at what level you're at. So I think that would be my main thing. Is like I guess you'd get maybe a sight glass or something, but I'm like I need to know what my pre-boil volume is and when mm-hmm. to stop, or else you're gonna you're gonna put in more water than you need, and it's not gonna boil off. You'll have a lower ABV. So. That's that's yeah. actually I forgot about that. That was one of the things I was like eh about. But I guess a sight glass would fix that problem maybe.
0: Yeah. It also the app was pretty technical. I mean, if you were able to measure water in a certain way, then it I guess it technically wouldn't be a problem because you know, it tells you you need 3.63 yeah. here and I think we round <laughs> Let's just do three and a half. Okay. This one will do a little more. Yeah. And since I'm not, I'm not like a very type A technical person that just kind of that to me, it doesn't, it didn't bother me as much, but I could totally understand how it would, it's weird not being able to keep an eye on those levels, especially if it's in such a contained unit. It's very cylindrical. If you've never seen yeah. the grandfather, it's, Kind of like a, like a Home Depot bucket, but just maybe one and a half Home Depot buckets. Um, so it kind of has that tall shape, and it's stainless steel. So yeah, you really can't be <laughs> <see> in it. <laughs> not just say it's a Home Depot bucket. <laughs> a bucket. It's not like it's. Yeah, it's, it's not like a, a Yeah, it's more slender. Yeah, thing. everything is in there. Um, the boil was easy. That, that, you just press a button
1: yeah the boil was so easy because like yeah you get it up to like 212 and it's like beep beep and it just stays yeah. at that level there's no yeah. like I never I, I took some video of it like the the hot break kind of at the top and I was like is this gonna I was like I wonder if this will boil over like I'm just gonna leave it alone and it never did
0: I don't think it did yeah I don't even think we put like a wooden spoon over it or anything like that. It Mm-mm. kept it, itself in check. That was very cool. Um, yeah. I, I'm very, cool. I'm very impressed. I mean, in general, a pump is really cool to have if you're brewing. I mean, that is definitely the way to, uh, you know, be, have a more efficient brew, get a clearer wort. So I was, I mean, I do BIAB, and I I, I do a lot Were of Were you pumped it
1: about having a pump?
0: Oh, Tyler, you know I was. <laughs> Honestly, like. Oh, God, forgive me, please. It's just this big thing. It gets all hot. It's got, like, this thing that hangs over it with this hot water coming out. I just kept thinking, like, if I was a little tinier, I could just climb in here, have a little spa day, get nice and warm. It was really cold that night, actually. So. <laughs> so that was it. Okay, so then we boiled. Oh, and then the cooling part. That was probably... Um, that was actually very cool. It's a counter flow chiller. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's it. And you, it, it came with... Um, I mean, these guys thought of everything. It came with several different attachments. So depending on your situation or wherever you want to bring this thing, it's, it's super portable. So if Tyler, you know, if we want to like find maybe at your condo place, there's probably some place we could plug this thing into, but if you just need like either a garden hose uh, or it could, I don't it, know. could <laughs> it could also plug into um, a kitchen sink. It had all these different attachments. We finally figured it out and then it sits on top um, of the lid and it's just like, it was just very well designed. I mean, I just kept stopping to be like, huh, they thought of everything. Wow. Cause I think sometimes in brewing, at least when I'm brewing, I'm a total maniac. I'm like rushing to the garage. I'm like looking for, I'm not even sure what I'm looking for half the time. I'm looking for something to do something, but I don't know what that would be. Like I'm like looking for, (laughs) like, I need to get a clamp or something. I'm just like, what? Okay. Well, this thing just like sits on it perfectly and then just goes down into it, attaches to the hose. And how long do you think it took to chill? Um, I mean, it took
1: longer than I expected because I remember thinking like, and that's the thing with counterflow chillers is like, Mm. you kind of have to dial those in, which is why... a lot of people kind of shy away from them and just stick with an immersion chiller because you really don't have to dial that in. It's like, stick it in there, let water flow through it, call it a day. But like with the counterflow chiller, there's a science behind the flow of the cold water against the hot ward. It's like, and the temperatures, etc. So it did actually take a while. And I remember we stopped it at, like maybe ninety degrees, and just kind of like put it in the fermenter, and we're like, we'll let it chill in your garage overnight. But um, I don't think that's the fault of the 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 chiller. It's just something that we have to dial in, like the flow of the cold water versus the flow of the wort, etc. Like mm. I have a counterflow chiller, but I'm too lazy to fucking figure it out, so it's just sitting in my <laughs> in my patio. <laughs> But I hear that they're really, they really <laughs> could cut a lot of time off of your brew day that and like a plate chiller. It's the same concept. So I think that's just a matter of us like dialing it in, et cetera. But, um, and then also having a, a better like outlet for the hot water because we were like filling buckets and walking them and that part was really annoying. Um, oh yes. Plus it was that cold was... and
0: that's, Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if you're not brewing by I guess I mean we were kind of up at the top of my driveway and I have the type of it's called a hollywood driveway. It has like a strip of grass in between. So it's <laughs> I mean you could dump but that. it's not okay. like you, that's what it's you could dump it but it's not like it would just like run down the concrete into the gutter. It's like And there was also construction going on a mere couple feet away. My um, neighbors had a emergency project to deal with. But anyways, um, yeah. But yeah, once we figured out a a bucket system, it was, I really appreciated that you were there because we were uh, shuttling buckets of hot water back and forth. So that was a thing. Um, So yeah, just like get ready to water your plants, water your lawn, water your garden (laughs) with hot water
1: just like any chilling situation it's like water is gonna be wasted and they'll see you figured out how to how to not i mean sometimes people use the water to clean which is good like i try to do that like the hot water and then Mm. plants etc but yeah so anyway we got it at least down to like i don't know i think it was like 85 90 and then we're like ah it's too cold fuck it it was freezing in your garage, so we mm-hmm. figured we'd just transfer it to the fermenter and pop it in there mm-hmm. and transferring it to the fermenter was a breeze because it's already pumping through the 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 uh what oh, do yeah. we call it pump. all you got to do is take the arm out and put it over the fermenter and it it was just it was easy, so um, I remember one thing though we forgot to put worklock yeah. <laughs> And I was like, "Oh, Warlock? why is this so cloud? Okay, so yeah. <laughs> I don't mean, forget the world
0: flock. It's it's funny because, again, I'm like a little itty bitty dum dum baby b a b brewer, and stop saying that. I know, but you're like, I I'm not like I just figure the beer will clear up after it's been sitting in the bottle for five years. I don't. Yeah, I, I thought it was yeah. fun. I was just impressed it that will. without the 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 warflock, I I felt like it still yielded pretty clear product. And then in terms of the chilling, I mean, when I chill, because I before this was brewing in my kitchen, I'm always doing like an ice bath, and that takes that can take a long time, especially if you're doing something that's more than a gallon or two, Um and. Then, I always have to be very patient yeah. to pitch my yeast. Like you literally can get this down to pitching temp within time. I know there's a lot of people that end up putting their wort in the fermenter and then they have to like chill that even more before they're pitching. And I don't know. I like to like put it behind me, get it all done. And so I can clean up and um, yeah. And I think we did actually use some of that hot water uh, to clean, Filled a bucket star sand started dumping things in there um to do this piece itself oh wait i wanted to talk about the conical fermenter from our friends at bsg hand Graph. thank you very much for a seven gallon <laughs> conical fermenter um if i had the space or the money that thing is a beast it's a total beast and it was great especially in like this very cold week in LA that it helped more warm my beer while it fermented. So that was cute and you could plug it in and see um, how it's going and it's elevated um, and it looks cool. So yeah, the only thing I didn't like is you can't, I like to look, but wait, you're not supposed to look at beer when it ferments, right? (laughs) what
1: do you mean is that a
0: rule or like an
1: unspoken rule you're not supposed to look at beer. what are you talking about wait no
0: if it's in a glass carboy like light light struck that's the only thing it shouldn't i'm drinking wine now everybody light struck isn't that a thing that's why more people use
1: um i yeah maybe sure i don't think it i mean Yes, if you have a clear fermenter, a PET carboy, glass carboy, mm-hmm. and it's not inside of a fridge. Yeah, maybe throw a towel, wrap it around with a towel. Okay. Um, but to me, like yeah, the conical fermenter was dope. It is pretty big. You need space. Oh, yeah. It's not gonna go into a a mini fridge. It's not gonna fit into a chest freezer. You will have to get some kind of jacket cooling system glycol or ice water if you can manage that um but like lori said it was a very cold uh, part of the year part of the day so our main concern was keeping it warm enough which it does that mm-hmm. automatically right when you plug it in it'll it'll warm it up yeah, it'll the cooling it. is not integrated it's that's something extra you have to get
0: yeah that glycol chiller looks That's too much. I can't. Glycol is expensive as hell. (laughs) It's like a whole extra robot right next to your thing. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe not for me, but I think it's perfect for, I'm glad to, I mean, it's cool that we, that we have that, that fermenter now. It could be used for lots of things. And there's, you know, if you're brewing seasonally or you're making funky stuff, it's, you can still use it with ambient temperature. Yeah. Yeah. Some pretty seat. Um, stoked totally. on that. Then it got dark. It was a very cold winter day. It got dark. And I said to Tyler, <laughs> a couple beers in, I'll clean it tomorrow. <laughs> so, yeah, the next day it, it was a little gnarly. It's probably easiest to clean, you know, while you have all this hot water, blah, blah, blah. Um, but cleaning it wasn't that hard. It's a, CIP clean in place, and you just have to wash it, um run it through. So, rinse it out, fill it with water, heat it up. PBW, run it, run it again with a fresh wash of water. I mean, you do have to keep warming it up and running it again, um but that wasn't so bad. It's stainless steel. You don't have to. And scrub this is the grandfather
1: lot. unit, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Cleaning nice. it was kind of cool. Yeah.
1: So that that's was... what I always hear about stainless steel. It's easy to clean. Mm-hmm.
0: So the I don't know what do you call it the 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 gunk on the inside of a fermenter the line where the trobades drink... not krausen the... uh, yeah I guess like it's kind of like when you're when your kid grows and you measure them and you make a mark, it shows you that mark in the fermenter after making a dark beer was kind of gross. I'm not going to lie. And I was afraid oh, yeah. to use like stainless steel. It was a, I was a, it was so new and pretty. I used a uh, Mr. Clean magic sponge and everything came up super fast, super easy. It was a breeze to clean. So Mr. Clean Magic Sponge.
1: You're Magic. afraid to use a like a steel wool pad.
0: Yeah, that should be fun. Cause I wiped it it's with a steel. Yeah, I guess you're right. I just sometimes I when I use those, you do notice little scratches on pots and pans. So I was like, not this brand new thing.
1: Yeah, and then I mean, you. Uh, I guess you could briefly touch on transferring it to the keg.
0: Oh so it seemed yes. pretty
1: easy. We saw it on Instagram. Mm-hmm.
0: Very easy. Transfer to the keg. Um it occurred to me that day that I'd have to elevate it. So I took it outside. I put it on a picnic table and got the appropriate tubing. And oh you're supposed to do yeast dumps throughout the fermentation, which fun fact I did not do. Okay. So on the day of transferring, I was like, oh, I should dump it. But here's the thing on the the conical fermenter collects the yeast separately. So I wasn't like I I emptied it maybe 16 or 17 days after it wasn't a you know a clean 14. And I didn't test though, I didn't test the final gravity. <clears throat> So it does kind of separate. I wasn't afraid of like, I don't think auto-lace would happen or anything like that. It really does, even though you can, you should dump the yeast, it does separate it pretty good. So I don't think it like has that negative effect. Um, but yeah, hiked it up onto the picnic table, bottled and kegged right from it and pretty easy, pretty sweet.
1: And I would like to say, and this is something I learned today actually, is that the grandfather uh sells a pressure firm uh sorry pressure transferring kit because mm. they probably realize hauling that thing onto a higher surface is or surface is not ideal um so there is a pressure trans- transferring whatever the hell like you you know push it through through co2 mm. uh but yeah, if you want to do a natural, normal grav- gravity feed, you gotta get it on top of something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Honey, can you help me <laughs> yeah. with this?
1: Get thing? an extra hand. Don't break your back." He's like, "Put it where?" I was like, "We have to."
0: <laughs> so yeah, we've got a dark, mild, and I tasted it. it tasted pretty good, but. We're going to leave it in the keg, let it settle up, and we'll get back to you on that at a future app So yeah. yeah, I think we overall, well. um, would I buy a Grainfather if it was not provided to me for free? Um, Probably, yeah. It's pretty rad. It replaces tons of brew equipment. So if I had to purchase my own Grainfather, I would just sell off a bunch of stuff and and purchase it. The all the technical aspects that make a good beer really good are covered in the grandfather. The rest is up to you. So if you have a shitty recipe, you're on your own. Just copy an award-winning recipe from the <laughs> AHA website, add a little biscuit malt, and you're set. <laughs> That's all you got to do.
1: Call
0: it a day. Call it a day. So, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty pleased.
1: I agree. I mean, keeping the mash temp and, um, you know, uh, doing the nice sparge, doing a slower sparge, whatever, the nice boil. Like, yeah, it's it makes all those things that make people anxious on their brew day pretty easy for the most part and so i i would definitely recommend it to um people that have smaller spaces or i mean the thing is that you'd have to have for the one that we have you have to have 240v access but you can they sell a 120v version and just make sure that the the element the wattage of the elements also match this is what i learned do your homework on the electricity Mm -hmm. and the math between watts voltage and amperage because it's just worth it it's just worth it so make sure (laughs) before you buy one but overall it's a great system and it was pretty easy and uh, i enjoyed it i enjoyed it a lot well
0: thank you to bsg hand graph for that and I look forward to my next, our next, my next um, brew day. I have everything to make an Irish red, and I'll report back. Let you know.
1: And thanks to Matt Bowling because uh, he's the man with the master plan. Mm. And we're probably we're, let's send him some dark mild. We'll send John Morehead of the Age some dark mild, dark and mild. We'll send Matt some dark and mild. <laughs> and uh, yeah, our homies. Hopefully they like it.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for listening to Brewed Up and consider a grandfather. If you are shopping for an all in one brewing system, Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine's number one piece of homebrew equipment the grandfather
1: numero uno number one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right well thanks for listening and we will see you next time peace
0: Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed this show. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Brood Up Podcast and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Brood Up is a hopped LA podcast. The Brood Up music is produced by LA legend producer Elusive.